It's the Dogcast, episode 84. Please make the bad man stop. Georgia loses to Kentucky at their homecoming, 24-20. Here we go. Alright, dog fans. It's Dogcast number 84. We're not here to mince words tonight. We lost this weekend to Kentucky. 24-20 to 20 in Lexington on their homecoming. Old dog, talk to me, man. Talk to me. Well, I tell you, I think even probably bigger news than us losing to Kentucky. I don't know if your paper covered it or not. But the headline here in the paper is hell has frozen over. Hell has frozen over. You're not kidding, man. I mean, losing to Vanderbilt and Kentucky in the same year, being Kentucky's homecoming Mm. opponent and having them tear down the goalposts is absolutely inexcusable and unbelievable. It's the ultimate humiliation. what what depths this team has fallen to? It's it's almost almost tragic. And before we get into you know a whole lot of our opinion and and ranting and raving, which I know is what most of the listeners tune in for, <laughs> I'm just going to run a couple things by that just don't make any sense, and we can expound on these you know a little bit more. Uh, you know, last year we were the SEC champs and now we're three and four in the league. We are at the bottom of the Eastern Division. There is not a team you can name that plays in the East that is that we are not that we're ahead of. That includes Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Kentucky, and I tell you what, if Sister Mary's three school for the blind was in the SEC East, hell they probably beat us too. Absolutely. And and I think part of the problem is we're just we're in total disarray. Our one of our defensive backs, Paul Oliver, his comment was it's mind blowing. Danny Ware, I don't this doesn't happen too much in Georgia history. Uh you know, I mean these kids need to be mad. I know. I Trey think Battle. Trey Battle sums sums up I think our whole defensive philosophy. I really don't know what the reason was why we couldn't stop them. Well, you know, Trey, I think you're right, and I think that goes, uh, you know, to the coaching staff too. Man, uh, there's no just, doubt about it's it. Crazy. Nick Jones says it's a shocker. Well, you know, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> it sure is. Uh, well, you know, I'm, have you got any quotes from Ray Gant? You know, he's no, the one guy. No, he's Ray, 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 I'm sure Ray Gant just thinks that uh, that Kentucky, Kentucky wanted probably. It wanted it more yeah. because we really apparently other than Tony Taylor we probably really don't give a damn about anything I'm I telling mean, I you. think Tony Taylor made every play but you know going in a little bit further uh you know I think 
we don't seem to have any kind of game plan. We don't. We seem to be just in total disarray. It seems more like a backyard football game to me. That's what I was going to say. We're Good point. Stuff, where we're drawing stuff in the dirt, and I mean, this is it's kind of frustrating to see. And and I know you know you're still, I guess, in man love with Coach Rick, but uh, you know a lot of this falls directly on him. Uh, you know, Craig Lumpkin in the first quarter ran the ball eight times for 73 yards. And he had only five more carries in the rest of the game. I I, I mean, I, I don't I know. know how you explain that. I mean, did they forget about him? I mean, I know he was there. I saw him. Yeah, he you carried know, the he ball in the second hurt, half. Wasn't, you know, what in the world are we thinking? Eight I mean, carries for 73 yards in the first quarter, and he only had five carries in the rest of the game. I mean, I see these coaches, you know, with these damn laminated pieces of paper that they hold over their mouths because apparently there's some secret they're saying that, you know, we're not supposed to hear. I think probably most of it is I really don't know what we're doing. But, you know, I think those pieces of paper must be blank. I'm telling I mean, you. If you've got a running back that every time he touches the ball is getting about eight yards per carry, well, I tell you what, I'm going to run him, and I'm going to run him, and I'm going to run him till they stop him. Uh, you know, the defense, man, it was just woeful. How many completions are we going to have down the middle of the field before we catch on to the fact that other teams actually watch game film and know that's where we're going? I know. Man, uh, I don't know, buddy. We had, I mean, this sums it up, and then we can move on. To sum it up, this is how poor our offensive playing is playing. We had eleven. We had eleven offensive offensive possessions. One was a punt. Three times we scored. Four times ended in turnovers, and we had two missed field goals. And probably the worst of them all was we had another one that ended on a fourth and one when we couldn't get a damn yard against Kentucky. I'm not talking Florida. I'm not talking Auburn. I'm not talking any stellar defense in the league. I'm talking about what was ranked the second to worst defense in the entire 1A football. At 118 out of 119, dog fans, we couldn't get one yard against Kentucky when we had to have it. And I tell you, old dog, we had a listener going to the last drive. You know, this is totally reminiscent, deja vu of the of the Vanderbilt game. I had a we had a, a listener write in Drew who wanted to know about this last drive. Was it a big play or something like that? I I hate to report. Dog fans, for those of you that didn't see the game or weren't at the game, that last drive was right down our throat. They ran it. They threw it. They did everything they wanted to do. Old Dog, what, they averaged about six yards per play on that last drive? It was over six yards per play. So they basically uh, they... came down the field in about ten plays, like like a house on fire. And we yeah. were powerless actually, to stop actually it. it took them. Actually, it took them nine plays to do it. And they knocked off, uh, you know, I think about three minutes. They got the ball back with about four minutes, 30 seconds to go. 
uh, and just drove it right down our throat. I want to go back to something you said. Them. We so, couldn't stop them, and it looked like we had no clue. And uh, I tell you, well, you're making a comment. I'm going to take another little sip here of my Matthew Stafford Kool-Aid that, uh, you know, us Georgia fans have been drinking uh, ever since we got that kid out of Texas. You better take the blue pill. Take the blue pill. Mm-hmm. Mm, that Stafford Kool-Aid is tasty. We're going to talk about Matthew Stafford in a minute. But, old dog, I you said something smart there in, the, in that first section. Were you talking about the defense? Oh, Lord. That must have been a mistake. Hell, I've got to point it out because it's so rare. Listen. It I, is. Um, backyard football. You're talking about the defense. I'm not even got to the offense yet. The defense, for those of you guys that didn't see the game, I'm telling you, or you don't know what's going on with this team, you know, we were 18 yards and a bad offensive play call by the other team from having Mississippi State do this to us also, old dog. You know, our defense is running around, and like you said, it's like backyard football. It's like our 11 guys – Except for Tony Taylor. He actually seems to know what's going on out there. But we've got 10 guys on defense, and it's like they say, I got him, I got him, you get that guy, you get that guy. And it's like everybody go out, and we're just covering. Like we draw our defense up in the dirt. And a professionally organized, coherent attack on offense can defeat us easily. Our defense has no scheme. It has no plan there's no attack there are no complicated blitzes there there's just no plan uh, no apparent plan on defense no. you're on. right none none whatsoever and uh you know i'm not even sure that i think you may be giving them too much credit i'm not even sure they're actually saying i'll cover this guy you cover that guy. you're right they don't even I'm know they're thinking, supposed to cover anybody right I mean, it's, and I tell you what, I stopped counting the missed tackles when I got to 100. Old I dog, mean, I, it's been since 1973, since we lost to Vanderbilt and Kentucky in the same season. You know, Ray Goff didn't lose to Vanderbilt and Kentucky in the same season. We lost to Vanderbilt on our homecoming, and then we went to Kentucky for their homecoming, and like you said, they tore the goalpost down on us. My neighbor, old dog, is a Kentucky fan. When I got home yesterday, he was standing in my driveway, and you know what he said? He, he wasn't jumping him down. He wasn't even that excited. He said, I'm not going to gloat because, you know, at Kentucky, our football cheer is wait until basketball season. Old dog, we got beat yesterday, and I mean we got beat by a team whose cheer is wait till basketball season. Oh, I know. Dog it, fans, it don't get any worse, man. It don't get it, any worse. It really is incredible uh, how we have fallen and how quickly we have. I mean, you know, it seems like almost a century ago when we were taking it to LSU and the Georgia Dome, and it's actually been less than a year. Mm, I'm telling you. I'm, you know what? I'm telling you, and then we'll take a break. But this is how this is how bad we are. We have lost to Vanderbilt and Kentucky in the same year, and the Auburn game, the game, the oldest rivalry in the Deep South, has been relegated to a Lincoln Financial telecast Man. starting at twelve. 30 in the afternoon. I was going to save that old time. <laughs> when is the last time 
that the Georgia-Auburn game has been the damn fourth pick for television. Oh, oh, dog. I tell you, I was going to save that. I was going to save that from the dog fans. I didn't want to even put that on. I think we got guys, we got listeners in Athens, old dog, with – with knives and nooses. I had to, I stopped a guy yesterday on the edge of his bathtub when he was about to throw a radio in the tub with himself. Old dog, you didn't have to bring up the Lincoln Financial 12:30 kickoff this coming Saturday. We were supposed to save that dude for the Auburn pregame show. Well, I think I tell you, you put too I much you, on the dog who, fans. You know who I feel bad for? I feel bad for the Auburn fans. I know. Cuz this is a real, I mean, they are used to winning. They're used to playing our game, you know, in the afternoon or at night. They're not used to a 12:30 kickoff. Hell, they've I, only got one liquor store in Auburn, Alabama. I understand. I stood in line in that liquor store till one o'clock when I've gotten there at nine o'clock in the morning. Just get myself a bottle of bourbon. Tell me about I it, mean, man. There's no telling. There's no. T- this could throw the whole thing in disarray, and it's our fault. We are the, fault the Lincoln the Financial. I cannot believe the George Auburn game is going to be the Lincoln Financial game at 1230. Anyway, old dog, we got to talk about special teams. we got to talk about offense. There's nothing to talk about on defense. we got that any team can move the ball any distance at any time with, with no problems whatsoever. There's nothing else to talk about on defense. Willie Martinez has got to go. He needs to leave immediately. I don't care if we have a defensive coordinator for the Georgia Tech and Auburn game. I mean, he needs to go immediately. And beyond that, there's nothing else to talk about. Until that happens, there's nothing else to talk about on defense, okay? Ray Gant has no idea what he's doing. Paul Oliver, man, Paul Oliver lost a receiver twice on the same play, old dog. He told me, he said, I lost this guy twice. I have no well, idea I mean, where he is. We know we don't know where the receivers are. We don't know where the running backs are. We got no it, it's plan. It's crazy, and you know we we beat this horse to death oh all God. the time. I'm gonna, and, I'm gonna throw up, and and we'll take a break here in a minute. But it it boils down. We are a very very poorly coached team at this point, and it has become evident on the field. Yeah, it's gotten out of control. It's gotten out of hand. Even for Coach Rick, it's it's out of hand now. Oh, dog, let's take a break. I got some good break music for you. I know you love the opening kickoff music I had today. I got some great break music for you. So we'll be back right after the break, dog fans. I got to go and throw up.
shove the other in the bag with the rerun shows and the cocaine nose job. The daytime crap of the folk singer's club. He hung himself with a guitar string, a slab of turkey neck, and it's hanging from a pigeon wing. But get right if you can't relate. Trade the cash for the beef, for the body, for the hate. And my time is a piece of wax falling on a termite who's choking on the splinters. So. There you go, dog fans. That's the uh, the mute, the song of the season for the dogs this year. So, old dog, we talked a little bit about defense. I, I can't even talk about defense without getting my blood pressure up. So, now let's talk about um, offense and special teams. I tell you what, let's start out with special teams, old dog. For the listeners that didn't see the game, and I know that's a lot of you, and you know, for our listeners that are overseas and stuff like that, let's talk about special teams. Let's talk about the wonderful Andy Bailey. Old Dog, he missed two field goals, 40 and 47 yards, and he also missed an extra point. You know, the extra point, Old Dog, is pretty much the most basic kick that a kicker can make. And if you're a Division I kicker, even if you're a second string, Division I major college kicker, how is it that you can kick an extra point and actually lodge the ball in the butt of one of your offensive linemen? Old Dog, did you see that extra point? Do you have anything to say about that extra point? Let me no, tell you. I, it, it's just, I, I tell you what, it is kind of like a microcosm, really, of what our team is this year. I mean, I think Andy Bailey may be the antithesis of the whole thing. He, like many of the other people out there, really have no business on the field. And, of course, he was actually – you know, pushed into it when a real kicker, Brandon Cantu, went down, you know, on some bizarre injury. You know, I know. Did, did his hamstring while, you know, he was practicing onside kicks. Like, uh, we'd really need to do that. Oh, I uh, know. You know, but, I mean, you know, Andy Bailey 
is is far from our problems. I mean, you I'm know, just it's, we're you know I, I can't sit here and say well you know if we had had a kicker we could have beat Kentucky. If we'd had I mean, those Lord, seven points, could, I know. You know, if we had an offense and a defense and a decent coaching staff, we would have beaten Kentucky. But I'm still I mean, pissed about he it. He is just he's he's the result of of where we are right now. He kicked an extra point, old dog. Listeners, he kicked an extra point, and it hit the center in the butt. The ball hit the center in the butt. Old dog, is it any wonder that we can't get any blocking on special teams? Heck, if you're worried about the ball hitting you in the butt, how can you be worried about your block, you know? I I heard that Andy Bailey... I mean, I tell you what... (laughs) I keep my fingers crossed. I figure they may whiff it one time. <laughs> Listen, I know. He's going to just whiff it, just miss the ball and fall down. I heard Andy Bailey was so mad at the end of the game and so upset with himself that he tried to kick the Gatorade cooler, and he whiffed it. He did, he actually no, did I, miss the Gatorade cooler and fell on his back, you know, over on the sideline. But um, that's cool. enough talk about special teams. All you need to know is that our extra point went in the center's butt. Let's talk about... The freshman, Matthew Stafford. Let's talk about the offense, old dog. Matthew Stafford, he's played uh, the majority of the snaps this year. On the season, he's got four touchdowns and 12 interceptions. He had three more interceptions, and they weren't like they – were, they're just bad balls. He's overthrowing it. He's underthrowing it. He thinks, old dog, I believe that he thinks he's better than he really is. I mean, he's. I don't know what his problem is, old dog, but he's trying to make plays and trying to make throws. I know, throws what, it, that I, he I can't. know what the problem is. I know you know. I, I know, know what, what you're the problem say. is, and I'm going and I'm going to sum it up pretty quick. Let's go. This is why you don't play true freshmen in the SEC. You've got a kid that has all the talent in the world, could do anything he wanted to do against high school caliber players, he has moved into a league that probably plays the game ten times faster than he is used to, and he has had no chance at all to get used to the the speed speed that we have in the SEC. And I am sure that many of these passes – that he thinks he can make, he probably would have in high school. I know. But, there's a, but, but he ain't playing against high school defensive backs. He's playing against SEC caliber defensive backs. And I know everyone thinks, you know, that the, you know, there's going to be a freshman savior and this and that. And, you know, the rumor was, you know, gosh, if he didn't get to play, he was going to transfer. I mean, folks, this is why freshmen – don't start in the SEC. This is why you should redshirt them. This is why the DogCast, dogcast DogCast.com, called for the redshirt and was shocked when we didn't get it. This is exactly why he shouldn't be in the game. They need practice against SEC caliber defensive backs. Of course, we don't have any, so I'm really not sure that would have helped. Uh, But, I mean, he... You know, he's thrown a lot of interceptions. You know, his touchdown passes to interception ratio, I think, has kind of skewed a little bit because he's got receivers with frying pan hands. That's true. Uh, You know, I can't, I still cannot count the number of drops 
uh, you know, that our receivers have in the game. It's damn near uh, as many missed tackles. The speaking, two numbers almost well, coincide with each other. Speaking uh, of frying but, pan hands, Martrez Milner came back, had four catches for 70 yards yesterday. Yeah, but also dropped a couple wide open. Yeah, I know. I, I know. And, you <laughs> I'd know, save again, that for you. You know, and again, I'm not going to get down on these guys. I mean, they are not purposely dropping the ball. It's just a disaster. Well, let me ask you this. Do you have any thoughts on why? I mean, if we agree that Matthew Stafford should have been redshirted and that, you know, he's seeing defensive players, defensive ends and defensive backs make plays that in his mind – kids that he's seen before aren't supposed to be able to make. And you're right. That's a part of why he's getting intercepted so much. But do you have any thoughts on why we're not seeing Joe Cox in the game at all? I mean, do you think that Matthew Stafford staying in and us sticking with him and sticking with him, do you think it has any any chance that we might be damaging this kid by leaving him in here? I mean, mentally damaging him by letting him no, get crap. No, I, I, I don't think so. I, I really don't think so, and I think this is the only way he's going to learn. Okay. What uh, about Joe Cox? You don't want to see Joe Cox? You just want to let Matthew Stafford just stay at it? Yeah, and, and I mean, we can't – we can't have two and three quarterbacks, and we've got too many kids that are too close in years. Right. I mean, we can't be flip-flopping. And, uh, I mean, we needed to decide. I mean, we've got, a, we've got a guy that's a freshman, and we've got a guy that's a sophomore. And apparently poor Blake Barnes is just out of the question. And, He's the odd you know, man Supposedly out. we've got, you know, the greatest quarterback in the world, uh, you know, in in '06, Logan in Gray. high school, you know, that's going to come too. I mean, you know, nobody can look over their shoulder. We need to pick a quarterback, and we need to go with one, and he needs to be in there for as many snaps as possible, as young as they are. And uh, if that guy Stafford, then it is. And I think he's got a lot more talent than Joe Cox does. I mean, Stafford has shown some brilliance. Uh, you know, in some of his passes and stuff. And I think his confidence would be a whole lot better if he had receivers that could catch the ball. Speaking of that, old dog, and I, I got an idea. Long about, I think probably long about his junior year, uh, you know, he's going to be a stud. I tell you, our biggest problem, and I know folks get tired of me saying it, <laughs> our biggest problem is going to be offensive line. I know. Because I tell you, as bad as this one is, next year's going to be worse. I know, I know. Let me ask you about receivers for a second, old dog. How about this plan? How about we bring Tony Taylor over to tight end and put Trey Battle out as a wideout? Because let me tell you, those two guys, they can catch the ball. Tony Taylor's a mad beast when it comes to catching the ball. Um, we need to be watching. We need to have receivers watching film of Tony Taylor because he's sucking the ball out of the air, man. Great interception in the end zone this past weekend. Yeah. I'm all for yeah. Tony Taylor playing tight end. Well, I just wish Tony Taylor, the, the kind of player he is, I just wish he had graduated last year. I wish he had a little more success, been, yeah. He has been, he's been a great player his entire tenure there, and I really hate for him to go out on a note like that. He definitely deserves more success in his senior year and more recognition, as well as, even though his play has not been up to par this year, Quentin Moses is still a great football player, and he's going to play on Sunday. And Quentin Moses, although he hasn't played that great I this have, year. I have my doubts about that. Now nah, he's going to play on Sunday, man. You believe it. He's got the frame, he's, dude. He's, he's too damn stupid. 
Well, I don't think he's that stupid, man. I think it's the scheme or the lack of the scheme. I mean, I don't know. We can get off on the, on that later, but I'm telling you, he's got the tools and properly coached. Those tools will pay dividends on Sunday. Well, in the I, pros. I hope so for I hope so for his sake. But I, I tell you what, he just looks lost out there. I know he does. I mean, there there are people there are people running by him, and I mean, we'll get into a little bit I more know. of this. I mean. We we're at the point now. I mean, we don't. We've got defensive players that don't know how to get off blocks. I know. I mean, they taught me that in high school. We've lost the fundamentals. Uh, yeah, we've lost just, everything. It's absolutely. I mean, it's ab- Our coaching is absolutely pathetic, and unfortunately, it lays right at the footsteps of Coach Rick. We got as beat by good the- as he was. As good as he was when he came in, at bringing in a superior coaching staff he has done an absolutely miserable job replacing coaches as others have departed no doubt here's i got two thoughts to sum this whole show up for you old dog one you know brian van gorder defensive coordinator extraordinaire holds a special place in the heart of the dog cast he uh is down at georgia southern right now and is not faring well he changed their offense out, took out the wishbone, and instituted this high-flying passing offense, kind of like what Bill Callahan's trying to do at Nebraska. And they are not happy with Van Gorder at Georgia Southern. I'm kind of hoping. I mean, I just, <laughs> this is one man's hope. One man's hope is that we could get Brian Van Gorder back from Georgia Southern. I've heard that Georgia Southern would probably give him to us if we wanted him, old dog. I'm telling well, you. Ain't. I think that those Eagles down there in Statesboro would give him back to us if we'd take him. I'm telling you. But no, I know we can't go home. That ain't going to happen. And I I'll know. Tell you, and Coach Van Gorder's too good a coach. You wait about three or four years. I know. And he's actually I know. got the kind of players he needs in there to run his program. I know. And you'll see what's going on. I'm uh, really, I'm really just does. kidding, but, man. Oh, I, I sure miss I, I sure miss Van Gorder. I tell you, I surely miss him. And I know my man Taylor Burns misses Van Gorder, too. But here's my final thought for you, old dog. You remember last year, I kept saying, we kept preaching on the dog cast, especially after the Florida loss. The way I tried to make the dog nation feel better about the Florida loss was saying, you know, that loss just doesn't matter. It sucks to lose to Florida, but you know, we're still in control of our destiny. If we do what we're supposed to do, we can win out and win the SEC. And you remember, that's exactly what happened. We told everybody... This loss. Well, no, that's not that. That's not what happened. It is. Damn what, Auburn. Damn Auburn beat us, and we had to wait for South Carolina to beat Florida for us to get into the championship game. Yeah, we. Yeah, we were in charge of our own destiny, we, and we blew it. But we did win the SEC. I'm talking about man, just take after off the those, Florida game. Take off those rose, rose-colored glasses, man. You haven't let I me was finish sitting, my point. I was sitting by you. I was sitting by you when on a Fourth down, oh, Auburn completed a pass and drove uh, it down our throats to beat us. And then we're sitting there hoping South Carolina can beat Florida so we can get into the game. Man, don't be, don't rewrite history. Dude, Come on. You're just blowing up my whole great idea I had, dude. You're right. I remember now. What was I thinking? Martinez. Man, we are, we are not we are not the brothers Graham. We are not writing fairy tales here. Willie Martinez, you 
stink, man. I remember now. Auburn beat us last year on a fourth and 12 because Willie Martinez had the wrong coverage package in on a fourth and, and 12. And if I remember right, they completed a pass down the middle. Oh, exactly. Oh, man. Well, my point was... We it doesn't matter. Your point was ill advised. My point was ill advised, but it remains. Nevertheless, it doesn't matter what happens the rest of this season. This season is done. So it's kind of like the opposite of last year. Whereas we lost and we could continue on to the SEC championship this year, we're not going anywhere. So it doesn't matter. We know we don't even rate the Peach Bowl now, dude. We're out of the running for the Peach Bowl, the best bowl. We we don't even rate the Music City Bowl. The Music City Bowl's off the table for us, old dog. We're looking now exclusively at either the Independence Bowl in Shreveport or possibly, and this is my personal hope, that we go to the Humanitarian Bowl in Boise, Boise, Idaho, baby, because the dog cast will be there. And we'll be, uh, you know, drinking uh, hot adult beverages with our listeners up there in Boise, baby. So, anyway, this season. Well, quite. And and this is a just let it be a over. Topic. This is a whole topic for another show. But quite frankly, a team at six and six, like I think we're going to be. I hope we have enough respect for ourselves to decline if the bowl, the bowl bed, We don't go. We got to decline. We must decline. And, uh, and we don't, don't deserve a bowl hear, game. And I, I'll go on a rant about this later on, but I don't want to hear that it's a good thing for us to do because it gives us all this extra practice time and all that because we had all this extra practice time for the Sugar Bowl last year, and uh, it sure hadn't helped us this season. Mm. And if I remember right, I don't think Tennessee went to a bowl, and it doesn't look like missing out on that extra practice time hurt them any. No, and bringing all those freshmen in. Did, I think what they did was change coaches, and uh, lo and behold, they're winning again. Old dog, you haven't said anything about the maniac Randy Sanders. We got beat by Mr. Intensity, Randy Sanders. By a damn lunatic. We got beat by a damn lunatic. An in, a truly clinically insane person is calling the offensive place for Kentucky and beat us. Man. I mean, I can't, you know. I I'm mean, to sum it up, done. to sum it up, this is a this is a dismal season. Uh, you know, we'll we'll be back in a few days. Give a preview of the Auburn game. Uh, we've got a week off, and then we've got Georgia Tech coming up. Uh, we're going to have to play a whole lot better to hang with either one of those teams. And uh, at the end of the season, and I hope he's doing it now. Coach Rick needs to take a long, long, hard look at his coaching staff, and he's got a lot of tough decisions to make, and I hope he's man enough to make them. Special uh, teams. I can give him three coaches that need to go right now. Offense, defense, absolutely. Willie Martinez, Tony Ball, John Eason, I'm telling you, all of them. Neil Calloway. Neil Calloway. They got to go. Neil Calloway needs go. to be tarred and feathered and run out of Athens on a rail. Eight carries in the first quarter, over 70 yards, five carries in the next three quarters for only about uh, 15 more yards total. Dog fans, that's it. That's the report here from the bunker straight out of Athens. It ain't pretty. But you know what, old dog? I was going to make this show an explicit show. I wanted to cuss. I wanted to cuss a lot on this show, but we didn't. And you know why, old dog? 
It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. But more importantly, I want the kids to hear. I want the kids to know. I want them to know what a bad season's like. I want them to remember this feeling and remember how crappy it is and how ba- how much it stinks. So maybe it'll be a long time before I have to go through this again. Dog fans, we're out of here. We'll be back Thursday morning. We are doing the Wednesday night show this week. We'll be back on Thursday morning with the pregame show for the Georgia-Auburn game at 1230 on Lincoln Financial, the oldest rivalry in the South, relegated to a 1230 Lincoln Financial kickoff. Old dog, take us out of here. And and, and that's our fault. Yeah, it's totally our fault. It's not not. We are the Patsy. We're the homecoming Patsy. I would like to publicly apologize to every Auburn fan there is mm. for forcing a 12:30 kickoff because of our miserable play. I'm very sorry. Take that's it. On that sobering note, dog fans, we're out of here. This is Taylor from Macon, and we just lost to Kentucky. Kentucky. Stafford had somewhat three interceptions. And oh, how much I missed Gordon Healy Kelso. Andy Bailey missing two field goals and an extra point. This is just going to have to be a rebuilding year. Very upsetting, but hopefully we can come back, maybe show some more defense against Auburn. Stafford can be more composed and maybe beat them barely. And then hopefully beat Georgia Tech. But (sighs) offensive line wasn't that great either. But um, devastating loss. Georgia has won four games. I mean, lost four games. And, um... I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens next year. Thanks for giving us all that info. Bye. Hey, guys, uh, Jeff, Boise. Just wondering, um, what do I do? Uh, garden hose to the tailpipe of the car, hang myself from a tree in the backyard, maybe shotgun to the head in the basement of my house, um, maybe I could OD on some medication. Or maybe I could just watch the dogs play again and just die from freaking just disparity, just the just this pure just tragedy of what's going on. I didn't... <sighs> Here's you guys for even being getting it up to do a show this week. More power to you. I'm going to um, take a nap, a very long nap. I hope when I wake up, uh, this will all have been a bad dream. I'm out.